It's Memorial Day weekend, and we honor and remember our fallen heroes. Before I get started, I would like to show you a powerful video clip. Please give your attention to the screen. Dear Dad, after all these years, I've never stopped writing. I still remember many of the letters I've written you, and the moments I wish you could have seen. Dear Daddy, I'm sad you had to leave, but I'm trying real hard to remember that you told me you'll always love me and to write you all the time. I didn't want you to go, but you pulled me close and hugged me tight, and you said that some things are worth fighting for. Dear Daddy, I learned how to roller skate today. You'd be so proud. I fell down sometimes and skinned my knees, so I tried again and again. I was brave just like you. Hey, Dad. Sorry I haven't ridden in a while. I'm 14 today. Can you believe it? Don't worry, though. No boyfriends. Mom and I are doing well. Sometimes we get lonely, but it's not too bad. Dear Dad, High school graduation. I really wish you were here today. College is just around the corner. I'm staying close to home, though. I figured you'd want me to help keep an eye on Mom. Dear Dad, today I married the man of my dreams. He reminds me of you. He's gentle yet strong. He loves serving me, and he can make me laugh all the time, just like you could. Granddaddy went ahead and walked me down the aisle, said that you'd be proud of me. It was a wonderful day seeing so many friends. We talked about you a lot and how we wished you were here. Oh, Daddy, I love coming to visit you. This time, I brought someone else, your granddaughter. I tell her about you all the time. We talk about the letters I write you and that maybe she can write you too someday. Yesterday, she told me she'd love to meet you. So I pulled her close, hugged her tight, and told her about how some things in this world are worth fighting for, even dying for. Love always, your daughter. Thank you for giving that video a couple minutes of your time. In that powerful and emotional video, the young girl in the beginning stated that she remembered her dad saying, some things are worth fighting for. Some things are worth fighting for. What powerful words, what a powerful video, what powerful imagery and ideas, true ideas. Some things are worth fighting for. It's assumed this was said shortly before he left her side, dying for this country and her freedoms, our freedoms. You see, freedoms are never free. Freedoms require sacrifice. Some things are worth fighting for. 
In the American Revolution War, Revolutionary War, 25,324 lives sacrificed. Some things are worth fighting for. In the Civil War, 655,000 lives between both sides, both sides of which thought they had something worth fighting for. World War I, 116,516 American lives. World War II, 405,399. Korean War, 54,246. And I'm not finished yet. In the Vietnam War, 58,148 American lives sacrificed. The Gulf War, 148. Afghanistan, 1,140. In the Iraq War, 4,602. And these numbers may not be exact. They may be outdated. But they total 1,320,523 lives or 1.32 million lives sacrificed because some things are worth fighting for. These numbers are lives, real lives, American lives, lives who have died serving this country, serving you, serving me, for the freedoms we now have, for freedom is never free. Freedom requires sacrifice. The lives of fallen American soldiers are more than statistics, more than numbers. They are real lives given for a real cause, Grandfathers, fathers, mothers, husbands, wives, brothers, and sisters, cousins, nephews, nieces. We honor the fallen on Memorial Day. But I have another number for you this morning to consider. A big number, a huge number, a number which is always changing. 7 billion, 900 million, and some hundred thousand. 7.9 billion people. This is the estimated current number of people living around the world, around the globe. And given these estimates, those alive in 2021 represent nearly 7 or 8% of the total number of people who have ever lived. Let's take this a step further. This would mean that the total estimated amount of people who have ever lived on this planet is somewhere around 113 billion 857,142,857 people. Or if that number is too big to follow, 113.857 billion people have lived to date. Obviously, this is estimations, approximates, for record keeping does not go back to the beginning of time with this type of thing. But 113.857 billion people, and why do I tell you this? Because these are all people of whom God loves. All people of whom God sent his son to live and die for. And why? Because some things are worth fighting for. God saw us as worth fighting for. God saw you as worth fighting for. God desired a relationship with you. God loved you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to die for these people. We are at war with sin, and we needed Jesus. Freedom requires sacrifice. Freedom is never free.
And the war on sin could not be won by American lies, Russian lies, Canadian, Mexican, the Chinese, or any other ordinary life. We needed the Son of God. We needed Jesus. One sacrifice to save all, to bring freedom from the bondage of sin for all eternity. And we must trust in him. The big idea of today's message is this. God reconciled us to himself by making us alive when we were dead. Let me say that again. God reconciled us to himself by making us alive when we were dead. Reconciled, meaning to restore a relationship, to bring us back into a relationship. You see, God has restored us to himself by making us alive when we were dead through this one life sacrificed, the life of Jesus. Because he saw us worth saving. Or to expand upon that thought, this big idea could be expanded in this way. God has made us alive in Christ. He has given us his grace that he might display his greatness through the works he has prepared for every believer every day. We are his. And just as in that intro video, the little girl living her life is a display of her father's love. We are displays of our heavenly father's greatness, love, and works. We read today from Ephesians chapter 2, 1 to 10. Please follow along on the screen here this morning. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins too, in verse 2. Let me repeat this verse one. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind." But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he, with which he loved us, even we were, when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7 shows that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not our own doing. It's not your own doing. It is a gift of God. Not a result of works of your works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Thank you for following along there. Freedom is never free. Freedom requires sacrifice. Freedom requires hard choices. Some things are worth fighting for. Truly, we are not worthy, not one of us. We're all inherently sinners, yet God showed his love to us in sending his son that we might live for all eternity live with forever blessings by his side. He sees us as worthy through his plan and through Jesus. We were worthy of his plan. 
because Jesus is worthy. Verse 1 states that we were dead. Whereas a soldier may often go to war to protect the freedoms of his family or to protect the lives of the one he loves, we were already dead. God waged war on our sin to redeem us, to bring us back into his grace and to make us alive once again through Jesus. We were already dead, spiritually dead, already being controlled by the enemy, controlled by sin, the things of this world and Satan. Verse one to three tells us this. Verse three stating, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But then verse four, verse four of chapter two in Ephesians, what a glorious news we read in the following verse and verses. Verse four of chapter two of Ephesians states this. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, verse five, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I want to again state that the soldier who goes away to war, God loves him and so should we. But this soldier is often going to protect the lives of those whom he cares for to prevent death or prevent freedoms from being taken away, but God, but God, that is what we read here, but God, but God, because of his great mercy and love. This is how much he loves us, but God. He enacted his glorious plan to save those whom some would already consider lost, dead, and worthless. We were already dead. We already had all freedom stripped away, already worthy of nothing but punishment for all eternity for our sins. Lost due to spiritual suicide. Lost, not just innocently killed in the line of duty, but dead in our own trespasses, our own sins, our own choices kill us. Yet God shows grace and rich mercy, great love, and he saves, he redeems, he makes us alive again. And better than that, we are new in Christ Jesus. We are alive and new. Let's go back for a minute and get some clarity, some direction, especially for you note takers who want to write down some points here. Paul states here the Christian's past, present, and future. Paul states here in this, in this scripture today, in these verses, the Christian's past, present, and future. Number one, we were once dead. Let me say that again. We were once dead 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 you could also write under number one that we were disobedient and doomed we were dead due to our own trespasses our own sins against a holy mighty god just god and his plan we were once dead disobedient and doomed number two we have been brought back to life we have been brought back to life, back to life by God's rich mercy and great love through Christ of whom we have been saved and brought into. Number two, again, was we have been brought back to life. And now number three, we see that we have been raised up 
And we will have immeasurable, immeasurable grace, blessings, gifts. We have been raised up. We have been resurrected with Christ. Our lives have been resurrected, brought alive through Jesus. And why? Why have we been raised up? Why has God done all this? Why did God see that we were worth fighting for through Jesus? Jesus laying down his life to be tortured and killed. Only to raise again on the third day in victory. Why? Why have those who trust in Jesus been blessed with salvation from sin's control and reconciliation, redemption, a restored relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit living within their lives as a helper? Why do we have these eternal blessings awaiting us? Well, it's just that, isn't it? I want to get one answer straight from Scripture, you see. We rebut God, and then Scripture told us what God had done for his created people. Actually, chapter 2 started with talking about us, our problem. A problem which we could never escape alone, never escape on our own, or through our works, our deeds. We were already dead. But then Scripture moved on to the solution. But God... And explained his act of war on sin on our behalf to make us alive. And now in verse 7, in verse 7, notice those words, so that. Notice the words, so that. It says, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Let me read that again. Verse 7 of chapter 2 of Ephesians says, so that. In the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. God's word is giving us a reason of why he did all this. It says, so that he might show immeasurable riches of grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So that we might be forever blessed, have everlasting grace and mercies and riches, riches of love. Or as one pastor said, so that you might have eternity with God. And eternity with God will be an eternal blow-your-mind experience. I love that idea. Eternity with God will be an eternal blow-your-mind experience. Wow. That's immeasurable. The immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus, which we have to look forward to. Do you know this, Jesus? Have you begun to see any part of his immeasurable riches, kindness, grace, and love in your own lives? Do you know the love of God? Do you look forward to the future day of being in his presence forevermore? God's word tells us the reason why he brings us to life, saves us from sin, reconciles us to the Father, restores us, and raises us up with his son, Jesus. What are we to do now? What are we to do now? Number one, recognize that this is not of your own doing. The final verses 8 to 10 remind us of this. Verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not your own doing. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Verse 9, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand 
that we should walk in them. Number one, again, recognize that this is not your own doing. Remember your place. Know your place. You are a sinner saved by the grace of God through faith alone. And this sets us apart from every other religion in the world today. Do not boast in you. Do boast in the triune God. Do not boast in you. Do boast in the triune God. Unlike every other religion of the world, which may boast upon their works and why they think they are worthy of heaven, we realize that we are never good enough. We could never do enough works. And we are not to boast in our own works, but we boast in our triune God. Number two, be a display of his work. We are all his work. You are his workmanship, it says. Show off his work so that he may receive the glory he deserves and so that others may receive the new life, restored life, of which they so desperately need as well. So that they would see his work and see how much they need his working in their own lives and so that they would put their trust in him. As one pastor said, people should see your good works and say, surely that is the work of God. And then they want it too. We are the display of God's gracious handiwork. We are the display of God's gracious handiwork. And we have something people need to see. Number three, do good works. Do Good works. Don't just be a display of his work, but do good works. God tells us that we have been created anew in Jesus for good works, to walk in them, walk in his ways. Although you are not saved by good works, you are saved for good works. You're not saved by good works, but you're saved for good works. And good works benefit others and glorify God. Good works benefit others. And glorify God doing his work. Freedom requires difficult sacrifice choices. Freedom requires difficult choices. Freedom is never free. Freedom requires sacrifice. Make the right choice. Sacrifice the things of this world so that you might gain the things of eternal world. Number four, walk in the truth. Walk in the truth. Back to the video. Back at the beginning, we started out with a daughter writing letters to her dad who died serving his country and her while in the military. She said that she remembered him telling her that he loved her and that some things are worth fighting for. God loves you and believes that you were worth fighting for. Walk in that truth. Walk in the truth. Walk in the truth of his word, his teaching, his commands, his love. God loves you. God loves you. Walk by his example and remember. Just as this daughter remembered her father's words and instructions to write him, remember your father's in heaven's words and instructions. Write him by going to him in prayer. Talk to him. Study his word, love him, and love his people. Obey his commands and teachings. Freedom is never free. It requires sacrifice. Jesus was ours. He was our sacrifice 
so that we might live and have freedoms and blessings forevermore with Christ. Freedom. It requires difficult choices. Men, women, children have died for our American freedoms. Remember them. Honor them this weekend. But also remember Jesus. God sent his son Jesus as a sacrifice for you to have eternal life. Freedoms beyond anything anyone else could ever give you. Remember him. Honor him. Trust in him. Remember We are the display of God's gracious handiwork. Walk in the truth. Walk in this truth. Honor him with your life. People should see your good works and say, surely that is a work of God. Let's close in prayer today. Lord, we thank you for you are good and you love us and you saw us worth dying for even if We're not worthy. We're not due to our sins, Lord. We deserve death. We deserve eternal punishment. Yet you gave us your son, Jesus, because you love us. Lord, we thank you for this. May we be reminded by this this weekend. May we remember and honor those lives who have been sacrificed for the freedoms we enjoy today. But may we most importantly remember you, your love in Jesus. For all eternity, may we enjoy the grace, the rich grace and mercy and love which you give us. It's in your holy and powerful name we now pray. Amen.